Welcome and thank you for joining us on the College Parent Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Bordoulis. And I'm Gail Martin. And today we are diving into how to help your student manage the emotional roller coaster of the college admissions and acceptance process. Today we're joined by special guests Dr. Liz Seidler and Dr. Sarah Olivo, two clinical psychologists who are dedicated to improving mental health for college students. Welcome Dr. Seidler and Dr. Olivo to the College Parent Podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you, guys. We're so excited to chat with you today. Awesome. If y'all want to tell us a little bit about your background and how your podcast started, what y'all do, that would be amazing. Okay, I'll take the lead, Sarah. So um, my name is Liz Seidler, and I'm a clinical psychologist who specializes in working with primarily teenagers and young adults, as well as supporting parents of teens and young adults. And I have a private practice in Ridgefield, Connecticut, which is outside of New York City where I specialize in evidence-based therapies, which is a big word for just saying that these are therapies that have been scientifically proven to help a wide range of problems. I would say I primarily see um, teens and young adults for cognitive behavioral therapy, as well as dialectical behavior therapy uh, with a specialty in kind of anxiety, mood disorders, depression, Yeah. And um, Sarah, who's on here today, is a colleague of mine that we kind of connected over COVID um, in a peer consultation group for therapists where I was feeling burned out by how inundated I was with calls for referrals uh, during the pandemic and wanted to reach a wider net than my office. And I'm really passionate about disseminating free evidence-based tools. Not everyone can afford or has access to the type of therapy that I provide and had thrown around the idea of a podcast. And Sarah was also interested too. And Sarah had already done like a lot of legwork. I feel like I was (laughs) blessed with like a tech genius, well-connected, oh <laughs> well, better than me, Sarah, well-connected colleague who also was passionate about the same things I was passionate about. And I think also has a lot of expertise in some areas that I'm not as strong in. So I think we really balance each other out. And that's how we created our podcast, which is called College is Fine. Everything's fine. And we interview a lot of experts, college students, you know, talking about the whole Wild yeah, roller coaster. Uh that experience. Yeah. The experience from high school to college and planning for after college. So and I think that one of the things we yeah, we really bonded over was it's amazing that some of the things that have come out of COVID, but definitely trying to think differently about how to help people getting ahead of some of the issues that can come up, really normalizing that college is stressful, yes, and fun and energizing. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously our, our title is a little tongue in cheek there, right? It's like college is fine. Everything's fine. It's this idea that, you know, you're not supposed to necessarily be having a hard time in college, but what happens when you do? Um, so many times we're seeing students, they feel really alone in this process and they don't know that we've talked to 20 other students that day who are experiencing the exact same things. Um, and people were coming into my office and Liz, you've heard me say this a thousand times. Um, at, at the time I was working in New York City. So, you know, NYU students, Columbia students, all the various other colleges that are there saying, you know, my friend wants therapy, but they can't afford it, or their parents don't agree with it, or we couldn't get into the guidance out, you know, office. So I, I wanted to tell them, I sort of started to tell them some of the tricks you've taught me. And I was like, well, you know, that feels like I would love to just be able to directly 
meet uh, or not meet, like if I can't meet them in person, kind of meet that person where they're at, which is being able to get some free tips from the comfort of their own phone or their dorm room. Um, so it's been really exciting to, you know, to do that, to be able to do that with Liz and to get to know a whole new side of um, preventative care. Well, this is going to be a good episode because we are joined by some amazing guests, girl bosses for sure. So Gail, do you want to kick us <laughs> off with the first question? Yeah, absolutely. So as we talk about the emotional roller coaster of the college admissions process, we would just like to hear what are some of the emotions that you see um, through within college students who are going through the admissions process, whether that be pre or post-grad admissions? Oh, gosh. I mean, is it, it's cheating to say all the emotions, right? Liz, I, I'm curious if, if we had to boil it down to one. Um, you know, I do think anxiety is the major player here. And it's it's not even the big level anxiety, you know, that you have to tolerate so much uncertainty at every level, right? First of all, it's, it, do I have, you know, when you're in the younger grades, that college discussion is in the air, right? It's just in the air. And then, so you have to sort of think about where do I want to go? I mean, I have a 10 year old and a 12 year old telling me they want to go to Harvard or MIT. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. First of all, yikes, you know, let me start saving up more than I but, uh, you know, and I'm like, where are you getting this? I'm certainly not saying it. Um, I've kind of drank the Kool-Aid of like, you know, wherever they go, they're going to be fine because they're going to be themselves and they're going to find their way. So um, I think there's that initial sort of always ever present college. And that's being that kind of an, an a good exclamation point to the end of your high school sentence, you know. And then there's, the, you know, the years where you're starting to build that resume and are you doing things because you want to or should this be something I can do to put it on my resume? What about my time management and how do I look well-rounded? So there's that sort of anxiety. And then ultimately it builds and builds to, is my college essay okay? Um, should I share this or that? Should it be personal? Should it be funny? And it's all sorts of should I's and what ifs and it's so much anticipation, so much anticipation. And I'm working now with some people who are waiting on their early acceptances. So they're just wondering, there's nothing for them to do right now. There's no action they can take. And so then they just have to sort of sit and wait. And so there's that anxiety, the anticipation, the waiting there. So that would, I don't know, Liz, if you would agree or disagree, I have something to add, but I feel like just that all sorts of level of anxiety from little mini anticipatory waiting periods to like full on panic. I'm going to, I won't get in kind of terror, you know, catastrophic thinking. Yeah. I mean, I would say anxiety is the biggest one, but I would just add two others that I've seen recently that I'm a little bit surprised yeah. by. And I would say, you know, I get, like I said, 50% of my practice is probably teenagers. Um, and I've seen a lot of like apathy recently because I think yeah. they're so burned out and stressed out that they're kind yeah. of, and it, it's shocking to me. Um, cause I'm like, wait, like, it's almost like they don't even care. They're just like kind of like going on this familiar treadmill like walk of like, okay, this is just what I do next. And I also think college has gotten a lot harder um, than it used to be. You know, like when I was applying to college, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be freedom, like raging parties and, you know, I'll figure out my career, like whatever. Um, but now it's just like the debt of college, um, mass shootings on college campuses, the mental yeah. health costs of college, the stress to find the perfect career that is going to somehow handle the financial recession we're in, you know, it's, so I've seen a lot of apathy and then I've seen a lot of sadness about, um, leaving their childhood. You know, I think a lot of, you know, 
teenager, young adults are really fearful about making that leap into young adulthood in terms of the burden of responsibilities that they're going to, you know, ensue. So I think, I think, and stress to me is kind of like a nice, cause it's not, it's, I mean, we won't get into the difference between anxiety and stress, but it's like an emotional stress overload. And I think it's filled with a lot of these emotions that we just talked about. Right. It's just like overwhelmed yeah. <laughs> and all the things that go in it. But. Yeah. I mean, there. it sounds like with all these things, there's a lot of pressure being put on students mm-hmm. these days. Like you're talking about anticipation, burnout, anxiety, apathy, all of these things. How would you say, like from a parent's point of view, how do you help a student guide kind of that conversation of the expectations versus reality while still kind of like supporting what they want to do. You're talking about your kid wants to go to Harvard. How do you kind of frame something realistic based off of, you know, what scholarships they're going to get, what grades they have, and guide them through that process? One of the main things that parents tend to jump into, I I put myself in this category, you know, I'm not, um, there's no reason why I don't make all the same sort of instinctive behaviors as any parent, which is to say you want to either make them feel better or start to problem solve. Um, I think a good first step for any parent is just to sort of take a pause before you go into any sort of reassurance, making them feel better, taking away the pain or stress, any sort of um, problem solving. Okay, okay, if you want to go to Harvard, so uh, well, you better start buckling down, you know. Um, is to, and I, I did make that joke with my son. He's like, I want to go to MIT. And I was like, well, I don't need you to go to MIT, but if you want to go to MIT, then uh, you might want to do more of your homework. You know, and I was like, <laughs> down, and I bombed that one. Um, so I think that it's just saying, wow, I'm so, finding sort of some sort of truth in it that's not tied to an outcome. You know, like, wow, I know how much this means to you. Um, I, it seems like you're so passionate about this or it can feel so overwhelming when you're trying to make all these different choices. Um, just sort of to, instead of taking out some sort of like, let me get you to that goal or let me sort of try to and have an impact on what you're doing or how you're feeling, just saying like, yeah, I'm in here with you. I'm in here with you. Is there anything I can do to help? Mostly kids have been told by adults their whole life, some version of what they can do. And they know it. Um, they don't need you to repeat it or feel like you're kind of giving them a lecture or pep talk in that moment. That some I've I've found that sometimes people are like, yeah, I know I technically know all this, <laughs> you know, like I just want you to offer me some like French fries or a hug. Yeah, I'll just say quickly that um, when when you asked this question, I immediately thought about um, a guest that we had on our podcast. Um, and there are two professors wrote this book. It's called How to Navigate Life. Um, and they're out of Boston College, Dr. Bell Lang and Timothy Klein. And the book is actually for educators. It's for uh, teenagers and it's for parents. And I think the nice thing about the book, and it's a good resource for parents, is that a lot of times we are really outcomes focused in life, right? Okay, like I'm going to do well in school so I get into a good college. And I'm going to get into a good college so I can, I don't know go into STEM because they make a lot of money or something. And I'll be like financially secure or something. Or like Sarah said, like there's some outcome that the community, a a high school or a parent or a loved one has placed on the child. And one aspect about this book is really, I think, promoting curiosity. And that's where I think parents can really come in to ask questions that are really open-ended to help a child find a little bit more purpose around the decisions that they're making. So this isn't about, oh, like, 
I if I don't go to I don't know a big university, well-known university, that means like I'm not successful in some way, right? It's just being curious about like are there maybe some points in my life that might kind of steer me in the right direction around what I where I want to go, what school I want to go to, what I want to major in. Um maybe and parents can help share stories like uh, really with but parents struggle with this myself included and even as a therapist I struggle with this is like being not attached to an outcome so it's like how do you have a conversation early on I think it is important you know Sarah shared I have middle schoolers that are already dreading going to high school because they're dreading the college process and they're in seventh and eighth grade so um I think at an early age, when conversations come up about college, I think asking curious questions that help um, teenagers kind of discover and reflect and have awareness around like, what are some of my strengths? What are some of my interests? What are things that I'm kind of passionate about? So they can make more intentional choices, not just based upon like, I don't know, what are the top you know, 20 schools that I should be applying to based upon, I don't know, US news or something like that. Right. Um, and that, you know, you said about kind of like some of the realities, there are some realities for certain families that children should know early up front, right? About financial costs and loans and things like that, that I think sometimes happen way too late in the game that students get really attached to schools that they want to go to and don't really realize, you know, the pros and cons, let's say, potentially, of going to various schools. This is, this is kind of a side question, but I had a friend um, say this a couple of days ago that Gen Z and Gen Alpha, their biggest question right now is their identity. So it's like, what's my identity? And then how do I know that? Um, would you say that within the college admissions process, a lot of the anxiety is coming from an identity question? Essentially, isn't that what you're doing? Your personal statement is supposed to like like sell yourself to a, a university. And if you have uncertainty around who you are and like your values and your priorities, which by the way, um, this is like normal developmentally not to know what your values or priorities are at this stage. Um, that's a lot, that's a lot of pressure. Um, even in, you know, like thinking about how do I balance making a choice about a career that I'm going to be making at the age of like 17. You know, some people have to like apply to colleges or universities and specific schools that they're with within there. Um, and by doing that, they might be neglecting certain sides of themselves. You know, I have somebody that I work with who is an English major and he's very happy as an English major, but has definitely had this like crisis around like, what am I going to be doing with this English major? Right. Um, and luckily, like through therapy and I think conversations with supportive parents, he's been able to kind of draw from like other strengths that he has within his identity that he's been able to like weave his love of English, let's say, and economics and found like a really niche area, let's say, within publishing this person. But I think that took a lot of time and even a gap year for the student to kind of really understand and, and work through the pressure that he felt to do something that was financially um, lucrative while also paying attention to like 
his creative side and, and things that he was really passionate about. So I definitely think it's related to identity and I don't know a hundred percent what the solution is there. Um, but I don't think people are paying enough, enough attention to their values and priorities in their life. And I think there, there's a lot of shoulds out there, um, that they're paying attention to, um, in terms of the culture and the community in which they're in. Yeah. I was just thinking that, gosh, you know, you mentioned before, um, being under pressure and imagine having to have the pressure of identifying or honing in on what your identity is before you've even lived outside the home. Um, I think that one thing I can very nicely say is that some people sort of do have a real passion or what they've, they will say like, this is how I identify, this is what I want to drive my identity. Um, and that's not, again, there's such a wide range of normal with that um, I also think that part of, we know kind of developmentally, and I know we're going to sound like a little old, you know, like educator developmentally, you're supposed to, you know, but like there is something called moratorium, which is how you expand on what your, your identity has been up until now, and then open those doors to figure out and allow new information in. So a lot of people, most people applying to college have had you know, some version of sameness in their life, um, whether that ebbs and flows in, into some sort of chaos, like they're sort of familiar with a certain world up until that time. And in college is what we know that time of, you know, age plus different place where it's, that's the moratorium period, right? You're, you're supposed to actually be able to, if you want to expand on what that is, have other things come in, try on different roles, figure certain things out. So you might be able to say there are certain things that kind of kind of core beliefs I have or core things that I know are important to me. You know, I've always felt like I'm a loyal friend. I'm not saying like go out and just try to be like a little jerk to all your friends, but you know, so there are probably some things you know are important to you. I also don't want people to feel like, oh gosh, I have to sort of figure out my identity. Like, again, that's like an outcome um, focus. (laughs) It's like, it's okay for it to be a process and a journey. um, But I do think that when you're forced to sort of sit down and write down an essay that defines who you are, it makes it feel like, oh my gosh, it's a little bit it can feel overwhelming. Yeah, that advice is priceless. Thank you so much for that. And thanks overall for just sharing all your valuable insights with us today, just continuously. There's so much to take from this episode. Real quick, before we wrap up, uh, Liz and Sarah, do y'all want to plug any resources, handles, anything like that to the podcast? College of Mine is our handle on Instagram and TikTok, and you can find us on all the places you find podcasts. Um, and we're really excited for the content that we have coming out this year. Yeah, so for more engaging discussions on the College Parent Podcast, head on over to Apple Podcast or Spotify to explore our other episodes. And we wish you a fantastic day and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.